0: Super Fast Shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com.
1: How's it going out there, everybody? Today is a great episode. It's great because every episode is great to me. I love it. But I have a question for everybody out there. Have you ever wondered what it is like to be able to hunt 217 acres in particular? 217 acres by yourself and live on the property well if you do ever wonder that today you can live vicariously through john workman he has got the most perfect situation in my opinion in the state of michigan and he's killed three bucks in the last three years that will you know basically solidify that statement So today is gonna be an unbelievable story. It's with John Workman of Southern Michigan talking about his farm and the bucks that he's killed the last three years, which are bucks that just about anybody would kill in any state in the US. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this interview. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 141. And like I said just a little bit ago, it might've been a weird delivery. You know, now that I like look back at it, I'm like, well, why did I kind of say it like that? But honestly, I'm so, so excited about this. John Workman, he lives down in the Niles area. Now, if anybody doesn't know where Niles, Michigan is, it's, I don't know how far it is, but it's just North of South Bend, Indiana, you know, where, you know, Notre Dame is the university of Notre Dame. Um, it's just North of that into Michigan, just over the border. So, This is the thing. John Workman, I am so jealous of this guy. He has the best scenario that I think I could ever draw up, you know, for any whitetail hunter, but it's in the state of Michigan. And I'm not going to lie to you. You need to hear the story about these three bucks that he's killed in the last three years on this property. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, they're deer that you would kill just anywhere. So, uh, you know, I, I just reset what I basically said a little bit ago, so enough of me blabbering. That's about it. I wanna get over this interview with uh, John to, to let you guys hear this. This is pretty crazy. It is literally, in my opinion, I'm gonna say it again, the best situation you could have in any state, but especially in Michigan. So, hopefully you guys enjoy this one. Thank you guys for all the support, all the downloads. And uh keep grinding it out. So here is this interview with John. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. And today on the other line, I have a gentleman from Southern Michigan, around the Niles area, actually, John Workman. John, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Good, good. How are you doing?
2: Great, man. Great. Finished up my deer season. Uh, I'm just now, I'm just focused on work and family right now so my wife's
3: happy
1: to have me home finally i bet that's good yeah so uh you reached out to me not too long ago and you got a pretty unique story in the fact that you live in southern michigan that's that's one thing um high pressured state like everybody knows and you know you've had you guys bought a family farm if i'm not not mistaken uh three years ago And you've killed three really good deer on that thing in the last three years. And I mean, three deer that anybody would kill in any state in the United States, and especially Michigan. And that's what I want to get into today, because I got to pick your brain and figure out how you're doing it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So three years ago, um, started out, my my wife and I were looking for some property and uh, over the, you know... 2017 and early 2018 my wife we wanted to build a house and we're looking for some property and uh my father-in-law he uh this the farm was came up for sale it's a little over it's like 217 acres and uh he offered to buy this farm for not i mean family for the family but in order for us to uh put our house on sure so uh It worked out for both of us you know i got the farm i I, am a obviously a big deer hunter i wanted something somewhere to hunt i wanted to be able to walk out my back door and hunt and my wife didn't really care she doesn't care about hunting she just (laughs) wanted to build a house so uh yeah we got the farm in the spring of may of 2018 and uh so uh so yeah so, so as soon as we got the keys man i started hanging cameras I found tree stands. I'm calling everybody to ask them, "Hey, whose stuff is this? We got to get it off of here." Type thing. And uh, so right away, um, well, first off, I grew up in northern Indiana.
3: So okay. My
2: wife was from Niles, so we. So I've only actually lived in Niles for, well, for three years. Okay. Uh, so, uh, um, but you always hear the stories. Everybody, you know, I listen to different podcasts and other things, and everybody's always talking about how they almost kind of downplay Michigan deer hunting.
3: Yeah, you know, definitely.
2: Like, oh, you know, so, so anyway, so I get we get the farm. I start hanging cameras. Well, before and, you get uh, into
1: that, I, I got a question for you. Okay, so first okay. of all, to find land to buy anywhere in any state, it can be difficult. And you found like 217 acres in southern Michigan, which is that's a good chunk. Uh, my family farm actually here in, in central Michigan is 215 acres, so it, it's a that's a good chunk. But kind of break down the farm. Before you get into that, like, what is it? Is it rolling hills? Like, what kind of topography? What kind is it? All timber? Is there any, you know, food on it? I, what is it?
2: Well, it's 120 acres is tillable. Okay. And uh, the rest of it's made up of uh, patches of timber, and there we have um, three man-made ponds. They don't. You wouldn't know it by looking at them now, but they're all uh, they're all man-made ponds. And at one time, the story we got were is they were um um there was a big like from clark equipment yep. clark, like the old forklifts and stuff the exact clark equipment owned this property at one time and they dug these pond, and they would have their like the executives come out and they would fly fish out there they uh they were all stocked with trout and all types of stuff but uh since then over the course of i don't know 50 60 years some of that stuff's kind of grown grown up so there's we have three ponds uh 120 acres of tillable and this kind of patches of timber throughout the whole place. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, it's kind of laid out really good for what I like to do. I mean, for for deer hunting, it's it's perfect, you know? Yeah. Now is, um, is
1: the food like, can you kind of explain, is it in the middle? Is it in the front of the property? How many, you know, how many different points of access do you have to the property?
2: Um, really, uh, well, one, one point of access for, for me to get in, yep. uh, you know, but, uh, I, I would say the food is, uh, as far as the agricultural field, um, there it's, the timbers kind of more in the middle. Okay. The timber and all the ponds are kind of in the, we have a giant power line that runs through the whole property too. And, uh, that is what I, that has become, you know, now that I'm in my third year, I've really focused on that okay. because that's, you know. Uh, the power line company. they come in and clean it up every four or five years? And uh, now it's just so it just it's all it just the big bucks love to love to lay in that stuff. yep. so um that's kind of where I put most of my focus between between the ponds, the power line, and the uh, and the ag fields, okay, it's kind of where I focus most of my time. But, I got you. Um, well, the
1: reason why I ask is because our family farm, you know, we've got a sixty five acre hay field, and it's there's only one point of access to our farm. and it's 65 acre hayfield butts right up to the front of it. So you have to literally our trail goes through our hayfield to get back to our deer camp which you know our deer camp we built it 20, 20 years ago which now mm-hmm. me being older and everything I feel like it's in the it's in the most beautiful spot on the farm or the property but it's in the worst spot for deer hunting. So <laughs> in my opinion um but you have to yeah. drive through the field to get to the cabin to you know, to park, that's where a lot of people park and everything. And, and, you know, to hunt it in the, in the morning, it's nearly impossible because you have to come through the field, you're blowing the field. Um, and we're one of the only, uh, I shouldn't say the only, but one of the bigger, uh, destination ag fields in the section. So there is tons of deer in our field all the time.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. My, yeah, my driveway to get back to my house is it's three quarters of a mile long and we're smack dab right in the middle of the property. Okay. Um, so yeah, like you're saying now, like when, like last year when we had corn, it was easier for me to, for, um, to get to my spots in the morning because I could, you know, the corn was kind of, uh, I could hide myself a lot better. Yep. But like right this yep. year we had beans and I found that it was very difficult to get to, uh, it, well, especially anything on a field edge or something, but sure. uh, a lot more difficult this year, Per morning, for my morning, sit, um than last year with the okay. corn.
1: So, okay, so are you are you mainly? And I'm just trying to get everything out there right now. Are you mainly more of like a morning hunter, uh, a evening hunter? Does it really matter? Like, do you prefer one or the other?
2: Well, I've had my most most of my successes came in the morning, but I I prefer an evening hunt just because I feel like I can get in a lot quieter. Um, I just feel more comfortable in the evenings, but I've had more success in the morning. So I don't okay. know what that says. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, um, are are you a guy that you know pays attention to the moon phases, stuff like that? Uh, you know, are you are you big into that?
2: Uh, uh I bought one of those moon guides last year. Yeah, and I tried get I tried to follow it and get into it, but it didn't really seem to match up with what I was seeing. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I do now. I do now. This year, I had a uh what was i don't remember the date middle of october sometime whatever What whatever the red moon was it was like 70 degrees i decided not to hunt that night because it was hot and it was you know like what they call you know the, the october law
3: right and i'm riding
2: four-wheelers with my boys and i see probably a mid 140s close to one fifty eight points <laughs> in the middle of a bean field so uh, uh i kind of kicked myself for that but uh and I, but that was they say I, that was what I was told from a guy I work with. He, that was a red moon day or something.
1: So, okay, um, I got you. No, now but, are you are you more of a mobile hunter, like you know hang and hunt kind of stuff, or is it a lot of set stands?
0: I have a
2: lot of set stands. Um, I'm I am uh, I'm six foot seven. I'm probably two hundred seventy pounds, so it's hard for me to uh, get up and down a tree uh, quickly. So I have a lot. Actually, I have. A lot of ladder stands okay. that I have set up okay. in different areas, and I do have some XOP stands that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to tear something down kind of quick for, but as far as carrying my sticks and standing with me, I don't do a lot of that.
1: Okay,
3: um,
2: but most of my stands are set and. Um, in place to you know already
1: so you're you're a little bigger than the average human it sounds like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) okay yeah I, i totally get it um yeah so i mean i think that's kind of the basis i wanted to touch right off the bat but let's get into this so you bought you guys bought this farm built a house on it in 2018 correct
2: yeah well we had so we had the farm in 2018 our house we just moved into our house uh in june of this year okay but you but you've been able to hunt the
1: farm for three years
2: yes okay yep Yep.
1: so So. then going into that first year you know you you started to say you put out a lot of trail cams when you guys bought it like what was your plan getting into that first year like just kind of cast a big net and see what happened with the trail cams
2: yeah i just wanted to you know and at that time we could still throw mineral down in michigan so I was putting like lucky buck and all types of stuff out on cameras just to try to see what was in the area. I had heard rumors when we first uh, well, and I there was a bunch of tree stands and stuff that were on the farm. And while I was tracking down the owners, uh, I, I eventually found them, and th- they were telling me that there was this big, that there was a 180 running around. Is what everybody was everybody in the area really? was talking about. That's what that's what the, I have I have never seen a 180. But, I mean that <laughs> that was what the rumor was. i just so i'm like man that's uh you know you don't i never heard of something like that around here you know so i i was hanging cameras and uh yeah just trying to get a pinpoint see where the deer how they move around how how they use the property um just trying to figure it out really so um i started getting pictures uh i don't know right away of uh you know 130s to low 140s bucks uh pretty much right away once you know once once the velvet season started, right, it was soybeans that year. So I mean, every deer in that area was hitting our property. So yeah, um,
1: When you, you pulled know. that first care, that first card pull, and like, what was your thoughts? Like you said, you had some one thirties, one forties bucks. Were you like, holy shit, like this is going to be oh, something yeah, really like, good?
2: It was exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. It was really exciting because I'm like, uh, well, actually, it was not my first. My first couple card pulls were it was just they were just starting to grow you know get the get their growth going yep but right around the july august time frame is when i first i got a picture of a uh really big his, his brow tines were almost as tall as a g2s he was an eight point and uh i ended up naming him Goalpost. so okay. I, I was like i i started getting pictures of this deer and that was the deer i wanted to kill that year and he he was a. Uh, really good buck anywhere i would say anywhere in the midwest but especially here from michigan um but yeah it was just exciting when you you know anytime you pull a card and you get a shooter or uh, a couple we had probably three or four really you know in that ballpark that year yeah so i don't know it's just exciting and especially on a new farm you know it's something i could call my own i was going to live on it was just i don't know just something about it was just uh it was, it was just awesome you for know? <laughs> sure
1: yeah and coming from indiana you know i don't know what part of indiana you're from or anything but to me indiana is you know what everybody's calling a sleeper state like there is i've seen people bring big deer out of indiana so you know coming from there you know we're it, growing up did you ever kill you know were you killing good bucks like consistently and what i mean good you know 130s 140s 150s even bigger you know like coming from there were you kind of like not a lot of people move to Michigan, <laughs> you know, that are big hunters, yeah. you know. So what was your thoughts coming from Indiana to Michigan and not really probably knowing a ton about the hunting, you know, in, in a certain area?
2: Well, so I'm kind of – I'm fairly uh, – I'm a fairly new hunter. I, I When I, I grew up in Indiana, I, I, uh, I, I played high school and college basketball. Okay. And uh, so most of my time in my high school, you know, in younger days were – even into college, i I was spent. I was on a basketball court. Yep. So I didn't really do a lot of hunting until after uh, after I was done playing basketball in college. So probably I was in my early to mid twenties when I before I got my first bow. Oh you know? no kidding! So okay. My my dad's a farmer, and uh, I would actually when I would when I was in college, I would go, drive home to Northern Indiana, uh, LaGrange, Indiana, and I would have a spot behind one of his farmer buddies' houses. And, uh, that's, and it, it was like, it was on seven acres, but I saw a lot of really good deer, like a lot of really good deer, but they were always off of like, they were, you know on seven acres. I could see for a couple hundred yards, but I couldn't always shoot them because right. they weren't on the access to. But, uh, I would say the quality deer I'm seeing now are, is very, uh, very similar to what I was seeing over there. Okay. I just have a lot more property, uh, to my disposal now than I did back then.
1: Okay, so I mean your your view wasn't really, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but you know, you you it sounds like, you know, you, you really got serious about it and started hunting in your 20s, so you know, you didn't really grow up, you know, from being like 10 years old on like seeing these giant deer and you, you probably really didn't have any desire, it wasn't one of those things that you even thought of, you know, probably growing up no. like a big deer, you know.
2: Yeah, no, I was I tell you what, I was this was, I honestly, probably five or six years ago is when I shot my first buck.
1: No kidding. Okay.
2: Yeah. So I, and I didn't even know, like you'd hear, I would always hear people talk about score and all, I didn't even really understand it. And, uh, <laughs> until <laughs> once I killed that first one, I just, I don't know, man, something, it just, I just have been hooked on it ever since. Yep. And so every year I just listen to pie, read magazine. I just, am, I'm just sick for it you know yep. <laughs> so i, I, I envy
1: just... you though in that aspect though because i mean the hunting industry to my in my opinion is just gotten to be so much of like an inches game and sometimes it just gets to the point where it's just sickening you know uh, yeah. i said it on one of my last podcasts it was two episodes ago i killed a really good you know deer in kansas last what was it? last week december third or fourth third i think it was the third um you know but he had a broken beam he broke thirty-four inches off because we have pictures of him with everything on his right side, um, and he. I, when I found out he had a, had a broken beam after reviewing the footage, I kind of got down on myself, and I'm like, "God dang! Like, wh- why are you being mad at yourself? Like, you just killed one of the oldest, if not the oldest, deer on the farm, and you know it was a really cool hunt. I've got." You know, me and, and, and the guys that I hunt with and everything and work with, we have two years of history with this deer, at least two years, it could go back farther. We haven't checked, but like this deer is just a warrior of a, of a whitetail and it's what guys would kill to shoot, you know? And, yeah, you know, if you want to put a score on him, we did score him at like 126 right now. And, you know, if he had his, you know, what he broke off, he'd be right at like 160 and that's a giant deer. You know, it, oh, that's it, a giant anywhere. <laughs> anywhere, you know, and a 126 is a great deer, but he just doesn't have a beam and a G3, and it's like, gosh. And I got so pissed at myself because I, for a moment, I forgot about like why I did it, why I do this. You know, and it's like yeah. don't get wrapped up in it. So I envy you when you say that, like, you know, you didn't get wrapped up into the inches game. So <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, no,
2: it, it <laughs> took me. It took me as I, you know, there was like my first two or three years of really getting into it. Uh it I was shooting, you know, my first two bucks were two and a half year old two and a half year olds. Yep. And then yep. uh then I'm like, okay, I started the more I read and the more I started really understanding and like, hey, you gotta, you know, you know, let the little ones go so you manage all you know. So um then I started understanding like well, you know, once you get your first couple kills it's like, okay, I want to move up to this now. Yep. And uh it's all stepping stone. Deal. And, yeah, and it, it it kind of all just kind of came together when we got when we got the farm. Now I had the ground to uh um to kinda of do a little bit of that. And uh on seven acres you I was just kinda of limited to what I would eat uh, for sure. What would walk by me, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so
2: now that I have the two hundred plus acres I can be I'm really picky, honestly. Probably more picky than anybody else. <laughs>
1: now but, let me ask you this. Are you the only person that hunts those two hundred acres? I am. Oh yeah. my gosh! You might just become my best friend. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: I'm kidding. Yeah, all that, my neighbors. Uh, I have a lot of guys around me uh, that uh, you know have the ten, maybe fifteen acres, five to five to fifteen acres anywhere in that yeah. ballpark. Um, and uh, so around me, there's a lot of people, but on my 200 acres, it's just me, dude. So.
1: That is that is a good problem to have anywhere yeah. in the country, so come, but especially yeah, come in gun Michigan. Season, they, <laughs>
2: Yeah, when it's gun season, I actually see a lot of good bucks during gun season because I feel like they just kind of all run to the middle of my property. <laughs>
1: For sure, <laughs> you know? yeah, definitely. Now, so. do you get a lot of hunting pressure around your area? Like a lot of gun pressure?
2: Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I would say once November fifteenth, it's it's uh, at least the sound of it. You just hear sounds of gunshots going off.
3: <laughs> right. Yep.
2: All the time. But I'd say yeah. Mo- I would say most people around here are. are uh, are gun hunters? Okay, I mean, I mean, there's some bow, There's a lot of a lot of guys around here. You you know are into the crossbow thing, um, but most 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 of the hunting pressure comes during gun season.
1: Okay, I got gotcha. you. So you know, going back, I, I keep going down tangents because I, 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 my mind works like, okay, I got to ask him this and ask him that. But going back to that first year, that first card pull, or you know, one of the first card pulls, you're like, holy shit, I've got 130s and 140s, like that's that's unbelievable. So coming into that season, wh- what did your season kind of kind of sum up your season? Um, and in, in in a, in a in a shorter version, I guess, because I want to get into the you know the next two seasons as well. But like, what did that first season really? How did it unfold, and, and what did it teach you?
2: Um. Well, my my goal for that season was is I I just I wanted to really I just wanted to learn my property. Yep. You know, I just want to learn how the deer how they used it. Um, a lot of my stand placements were. Like I said, I'm, I was kind of new to this at that time. So I was just go, kind of going off by what the previous, uh, guys hunting the property told me, Hey, this is a really good, we saw, used to see, you know, we saw this many deer here and wh- whatever. And, uh, just off listening to podcasts and stuff. Just, so that's kind of, I'm just trying to use all that knowledge. I would, uh, gather from podcasts, magazine or whatever, and apply that to what I had, what I was, what I had. So, um, my main goal that year was just to learn. I just wanted to learn my property and I'd like, you know, obviously I wanted to shoot a good buck. Right. So, um, I saw actually the, that, that buck I told you, I, I named him goalpost. Uh, I, October, uh, 12th of that year, whatever, whatever the first cold front in October was, I saw him that night.
3: Uh, okay.
2: He was like a hundred yards, uh, did not come in close enough obviously to get a shot, but at least I saw him and I was like, that was really exciting because, that was the first big deer I, I had seen on my own property. So um, that was exciting. And then I had a couple other good sightings uh, of the, you know, and that, you know, a three and a half year old deer, you know, in the 120 130 range. And then that gun October or sorry, November 18th that year is when I was able to shoot. I shot the deer. I shot that, that fall. Uh, he was a nine point. He, he's probably in the low to mid one thirties class
1: and october 18th so, you said
2: or november 18th
1: november 18th right. okay so you killed him with a gun or a bow
2: i killed him with a gun
1: okay yep. now was at that point was that your biggest deer
2: at that point that was the biggest deer i <laughs> killed
1: <laughs> okay well, i'm not laughing at you i'm just laughing because i know what you've killed the next two years so i'm like <laughs> yeah i want to get into that that you know because that deer that you killed in that first year I would love to be able to get an opportunity at a deer like that every year here in Michigan. I mean, that's what I'm striving for is like, you know, heck, I'm still not overshooting, trying to shoot the three-year-olds. I, I, I'm i not to that point yeah. yet where I can, you know, move up to a four-year-old here in Michigan anyway. um, But how how did that hunt kind of unfold? Like what was, you know, for a deer to make it, you know, three or four days, five days after opening day here in Michigan, is that's pretty good especially a buck of that caliber
2: yeah well what kind of kind of how it happened was once gun season started i just wasn't seeing seeing anything okay and it was and, it, and it's been that way the last two years really but so i had the farmer i had i have a pretty good relationship with the guy who farms our property and i had him leave me he left me two acres of standing beans and uh so I decided I wasn't I didn't see anything uh, opening day or even uh, the next really the really like the first two or three days of gun season.
1: You didn't see any deer and, uh, at all.
2: Well, doe, anything I wanted to shoot. Okay, I, I'd okay, see some, yep. Some does and some younger bucks and stuff. And uh, so I decided to come sit over these standing beans. And as I was walking in, uh, this is probably a mistake. I walked kind of through the middle of one of the fields. Yeah, so didn't want to walk through the. There's an ATV trail that runs through the uh, side of the uh, the woods I was hunting on, but uh, sometimes the does will bed kind of like right off. I didn't want to, you know, walking through the leaves and stuff. I didn't want to do any, you know, kick anything up. So I decided to walk straight to my stand through the field, and uh, there was some, I ended up bumping like three does walking in. Uh, so I was like, oh shit, I just kind of fucked myself. For this. <laughs> I, I was it was like, you know, quarter to four because I was. So uh, anyway, I said, "Screw it! I'm gonna sit here. I'm, I've already committed. I'm gonna sit here, and probably a half hour later, um, I had a two and a half year old run across the run across the power line and into the beans. But you know, so um, okay, I'm like, okay, maybe this is gonna happen. He so then he then the two and a half year old kind of gets spooked. He looks behind him, kind of gets spooked. and I can't figure out what's going on. I thought maybe he caught my wind, or maybe he caught the, my ground scent when I walked in, or something." And then all of a sudden, this one—the one I end up shooting—he—he he just runs out like he's pissed off, and he, you know, runs him off. And he's standing right in the middle, eating the beans. No other deer in the field, and he was probably—I don't know—150 yards when I shot him. Okay. So
1: I, I you know, personally, um. I don't think you made a mistake at all there. I mean, coming in in the evening, not wanting to, you know, blow anything that might be on the edges, coming through that field might not have been a bad idea just because of, you know, I don't know your scenario or where, you know, what the topography is or if the field is a high point or anything like that. But we do that a lot. I mean, this year – the deer that I killed in Kansas, I did the same thing in a CRP field. I didn't want to, you know, bump any deer that are on the edges, so I went right through the C- middle of the CRP. I mean, I look like a turd in a punch bowl standing out there, but <laughs> well, the, yeah. but I'd rather have a deer see me from a distance than me walk right up on a deer, you know what I mean, or a shooter and, and bump him. So I don't I don't think you made a mistake at all. Obviously, you killed a deer that night.
2: <laughs> yeah, so. no, I was just – I get worried. There's a – uh there's railroad tracks that, but, that uh, is on the back side of our property. Okay. And so it's really thick in there. But to walk to this where I have this stand, uh, you kind of got to walk right into it. Well, it's real thick in that. And a lot of times those deer will bet on right at the edge of the field uh, between the tracks and the, and the bean field. And uh, so I was just worried about them laying right on the edge watching me walk right in. I got that you. That was what I was worried about. Yeah. Uh, so.
1: So you you killed that buck, and then you know going into the next year because that was the only only buck you killed that year, right? The first year.
2: Yes, that was the only buck I killed that year. Yep.
1: Okay, so going into you know the the latter part of that year and into the next year, did you know that you had some good bucks make it through?
2: Oh yeah, I did. Well, yes. Uh, so my my main focus that year was I wanted to find this, go, this goal this goalpost the buck I named goalpost that was the deer I wanted to. Uh, go after because i i'd only really only seen him one day the previous year and that was in the middle of october so i was hoping i didn't i didn't i didn't have any pictures of him and all summer or or whatever i just was hoping um maybe he'd come back or something so that was my that i wanted to kill um but uh so i started focusing more on another another side of the farm um that i had not focused on the previous year so i just hung some cameras Along the power line by behind one of our ponds, and I, uh, my first card pull, um, I had three, maybe four, three or four shooters on it right away. Uh,
1: this is going into 2019,
2: going into, yes, yeah, going into t- 2019. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so then I, so, uh, can't remember what, where I was going with that, but yeah, I had, yeah, three or four shooters, and so. Uh, it was all it, all bucks that I did not recognize from from the previous year, but all in that three and a half to four year old range. Okay. So.
1: Wow. So, no, but no sign of post yet. Then.
2: No, I still don't even know where he's at. He's probably long dead by now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I never did catch up with him.
1: <laughs> I got you. So coming into the 2019 season. You know, you, you said you got, you know, first couple card pulls, you got some good deer. Now did you have a target deer that you were trying to target that year that maybe showed up and you're like, "Well, shit, this deer is going to be real big and mature."
2: So, I, in the and uh during the summer months and early fall, I had there was um there was a big nine-point who who that that was a deer I had seen him all summer and even into mid up to the middle of October. I I he he had been pretty uh, he'd been there. He didn't really seem to leave a lot.
3: Okay. And then,
2: uh, um, so that was the deer I wanted to kill. And, uh, so I spent most of my time trying to figure out where he was at, where to put stands to try to intercept him. But on November 1st, I got a picture of an absolute giant. Oh, jeez. Uh, and so once I got a picture of him, all my focus changed from, I didn't even, I didn't even care about that other deer anymore. I just wanted to shoot this deer. <laughs> And uh, and that's that's where it all uh, that's where all my focus was. <laughs> okay,
1: at. so November first comes around and you get a picture of a giant. Now, explain giant.
2: Like uh, like a deer you see on a TV show, like like a deer you see in Iowa, like you hear people in Iowa talk about, but okay. we're in the state of Michigan. <laughs> okay,
1: so is it a daylight photo? Is it? Uh, it
2: it was ten o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning.
1: Holy uh, shit, really? A,
2: a Friday, Friday morning, November 1st.
1: Okay, so is, was he on a scrape? Was he, you know, just... No,
2: just... He, he was making... Uh, so actually, my the, uh, my house was being built. Uh, so there was guys working on my house, and this is probably... This picture was taken maybe 100 yards off the driveway, walking between two of our ponds, heading into the power line. Uh, I mean, if you were... Those, those guys, I don't know how they didn't see him. They... He walked right in plain view of those guys um, <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning.
1: Okay, so what 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 did you think he was doing then at that point? Like, what was he just working through there? I mean, you've never seen him before in your life. Like, um, what's I'd he doing? I've never
2: seen that deer. Um, well, back in the – towards that power line, back – there's a thick – there's probably another 50 acres of wood. Okay. There's a the big pond that's back there, and then, and then also the power line in the woods kind of connects to uh, one of our ag fields. So that's a big doe bedding area back there. I just assumed, I just figured he was going back there to bump some does around or something. Or, you know, that, that's what I thought he was doing. And uh, so, uh, but that's that's the only picture I, ha- I have ever got of him. So, okay. Um, yeah.
1: So you get that picture and now, what day did you pull that card and you got that picture then? It was on the first, but when did you pull the card?
2: I pulled the card about an hour after he walked by the camera.
1: Oh no shit! Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I okay. was actually
2: I, I worked till that Friday. I got off work at ten thirty, and I got I showed up at I got to my property at eleven. So this where this camera's at. It's on a bird feeder. That's um, I mean it's right off the driveway. It's a real easy to access camera. I just put it there because it's easy for me to access, and it's it's kind of in between two ponds. It's kind of a little. Pinch point. Those deer, when they come from one side of the farm to the other, they it's maybe a 40, 50 yard wide um, spot. They have to, to get to that power lane, They have to walk through these two ponds
3: okay. between this area to get
2: to that side of the farm. So I stuck a camera there just because anything I catch everything. Everything coming through there, they'll always they'll walk right by it. So so it's um, a perfect
1: pinch, right? Between two ponds. Oh yeah. And like you said, yeah. you're driving down the driveway. You could stop. And run over there real quick and pull the card, and, and you know, you know, nobody yep. really is the wiser. You'd think.
3: Yeah. So no,
2: I mean, yeah.
1: When you get it, <laughs> you go back and and I'm sure you're like, holy crap! Like, what the gears start turning? What do I do now? The rut is here. Like, w- what's your thought process? What what are your what's your plans? Uh,
2: well, I as soon as I get the photo, um. I actually did not have any stands back towards, or I had one stand, but it was kind of set up for, uh, um, it was kind of set up for gun, for, for a gun hunt really. So, so I, I had to move a stand, I moved the stand right away and, uh, back to where I thought, back kind of where I knew the does were kind of bedded, but not like right in there, but right off, you know, maybe I'd have like a 30, 40 yard shot with my bow, um, kind of where i thought he, he was going to be running around yep so um where the does come in and out um from the ag field okay uh so um that's where i did i set up a stand right there and uh i hunted that not the same stand every night but i hunted that that side of the farm every day every time i could get out to hunt i was i was over there hunting that deer
1: so, and and what happened did you ever see him did you kill him like what was the story there
2: um, I had seen him. I saw him two different times during bow season. One of the times, I actually, my wife and I had a meeting with the guy building my house, and so I just said, my wife, I said, hey, I'm gonna run back and check this card one more time, because um, I had a there's a little pine tree back there that was just torn to shit. Yep. So I set another <laughs> camera up on that pine tree just to see what was in it. I walked back there to check that camera, and he uh, he stood up with a couple does and ran off. So I saw him that time. I wasn't even hunting. And then I saw him another time chasing does bumping does through the power line during both season, probably 60 or 70 yards away from me. And then, uh, uh, November 16th, it was a Saturday morning, the set the morning after opening day. Uh, I still had standing corn. So I ended up sitting in one of in that, the, that that stand I had set up, it was down, downwind of the doe bedding area. And, uh, he uh he ended up walking. Uh, while I was looking at all the does, I, I like eight thirty in the morning. I see all the does filing in, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this. I'm like, where the where the fuck are, are all the bucks at? Cause I'm not seeing, I, I wasn't even seeing like, I wasn't even seeing any two and a half like little bucks. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I hear a twig break. I turn to my left, and he's standing in the middle of the power line, fifty yards oh. to my over my left shoulder, and I just he was looked like he was looking right at me. And when you see a deer like that, which you probably felt the way when you shot the Hambino, you know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was thinking. Like, I was almost in shock. I yeah. was like, uh, I was like, didn't really know what to do at first. Oh so my gosh! I I waited for him to turn his head, and I put the crosshairs on him, and he he dropped right in his track. So
1: oh my gosh! So you killed him?
2: <laughs> oh, I killed him. Yeah, I killed him. November the morning of the sixteenth that year. Holy 16th. shit! Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah. what was he then? When you walked up on him, first of all, before you tell me what he was, when you walked up on him, what were you thinking?
2: Well, I was still in shock that I. Uh, well, I knew he was the biggest deer in my life. I knew he was the biggest deer that I had ever shot. I knew right away. Yep. Uh, I didn't. I, did I didn't know yet what how big he was going to be until I walked up on him and everything. But uh, it was man. I, I had to. I was in. This, I didn't get down. Get down from my tree for probably fifteen or twenty minutes. Cause I called my wife and I called my dad and I was calling my friends and I was shaking so bad. Uh, I couldn't, it was like hard for me to put, even hang my, hang my gun back up on my, uh, like on my little boat, my real tree, little boat bow hanger thing. Yep. <laughs> cause I was shaking so bad, but I finally <laughs> got down. And when I, when I walked up on him, I just, it was, uh, my wife always makes fun of me cause the only time I ever cry is when I shoot a big deer. But that was, <laughs> that was pretty emotional. That was, that was one of the,
1: that was awesome. So to you get walked hands up on, on him. that deer. and, and what, it, up, what is he?
2: He's, he has, he's, uh, he's 15, he's got 15 scorable points. Uh, he ended up going one seventy four and two eight.
1: Holy shit, man. Holy crap. So, that's a, that's, that's a Booner in Michigan. That's a giant.
2: Yeah. Well, that's gross score. He's, I guess you'd call him a gross booner. Yeah, well, them, nets
1: but. are for fish. so <laughs> nets are for yeah. fish. So. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's a booner anywhere, but God damn, man, that, that's a big deer. It's a real big yeah. deer. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah. And it was, it, yeah, I'm still, uh, I always tell everybody, I mean, that's the biggest deer I'll probably ever shoot, but, uh, and probably, but I mean, I hope not, but that was, he, it was, it was pretty exciting. It was, uh for my second you know the year before was pretty awesome but this was this was a once-in-a-lifetime buck right for, and especially in the state of michigan for you know?
1: sure now tell me this though so the word gets out that you kill this buck what is everybody you know in michigan first of all what is everybody around town saying that
2: oh i was getting texts uh I was getting text messages left and right. I mean, I, people were calling my in-law, like, calling everybody, trying to figure out where it was at, what county, what county I was – I shot it in. Um, um, most, of the, most of the problem didn't happen until the next uh, spring and summer when the next hunting season rolled around. Uh, because my in-laws actually owned the farm, they were getting calls left and right, seeing if they could lease the property.
1: Oh, uh, really?
2: Who was all hunting it? So I've actually been having to, I've been on the defense for the last two years.
1: Oh, my God. Now gosh. that I
2: live out there, it's a little bit easier for me to monitor everything. But Right. Um, so, but yeah, it was crazy, man. I, I was getting, like, everybody, people I didn't even know of were uh, trying to get a hold of me to ask me um, if, you know, just anything and everything. That's
1: crazy. <laughs> so, now, did you ever, um, uh... Did you ever get the deer aged at all?
2: I did not ever get it aged. Um, um, I uh, the guy who scored it for me, um, he estimated him at like four and a half years old.
1: Holy cow! Wow! So that's crazy. Yeah, you know, and it yeah. kind of goes back to my best friend here in Michigan, right, right around my area here. A couple of years ago, he killed two good bucks and in one night. Actually I, I did a podcast with him. It was one of the first podcasts I ever done. Um, he killed a 144 and a one thirty eight I think it was and he got the he sent the teeth out for those to get aged and they both came back at two and a half years old.
2: Yeah, I, I remember I've listened to that podcast. Yeah. It's crazy. Was, yeah. 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 So yeah.
1: okay, so now you kill this deer. You've got I don't know if it, you know, that's a deer of a lifetime for anybody, you know, yeah. a, a fraction of people will ever get to even see a deer like that in the wild, let alone kill it. So, you know, it's, it's hard to explain, uh, cause you know, you, you briefly mentioned the Hambino there and when I, when I killed him, like going into this year, now I killed him last year. So going into this year, it, it's not like, um, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like I feel like what somebody might feel if they won the Super Bowl or something like that. Like, okay, I got my, I got my Super Bowl. Now let's, let's like, uh, let's focus on some other things. Like, you know, I I don't know what that, the best way to describe it is. It's like, okay, I killed my deer of a lifetime. Like the ultimate goal. Now it's like, not that I lost. It's almost like, gosh, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like I'm more relaxed. Does that make sense? Like it's the yeah. the pressures kind of off like the self-inflicted pressure does that make sense
2: yeah i I, I hear I feel you. yeah
1: I, I don't know if that if that if you have that feeling at all
2: well for me it was more uh I felt more pressure because I I felt like uh, I had some people say most everybody was pretty positive about the uh, about that deer I shot but I had some other guys say things like hey you know good luck trying to do it again or, you know, stuff like that. And it would kind of piss me off and it kind of added fuel to my fire. Cause I, you know, um, I, I wanted to do it again. I wanted sure. to prove that, Hey, this may, you know, I'm not just lucky. I did. I actually tried, I tried to kill this deer and it worked out for me. You right. Yeah. uh, I wanted to prove that I, uh, that I could kill big bucks. And, uh, I did maybe know a little bit about what I was doing, you know? So I had a lot of, pre- I felt like I had some pressure going into the next year, and, uh, actually in December of last year is when I started planning, uh, for the deer I shot this year. Okay. So, okay.
1: Um, and I, I totally get that too. I mean, you, like you said, you're probably a pretty competitive guy. I'm a really competitive guy. Um, you know, now more since I've been out of sports and, 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 and everything like I'm more of competitive with myself. Like I'll never be the first guy to be or or the any guy to be like, why'd you kill that deer? Or I'm the first one to congratulate you. Like I'm so proud and happy for everybody out there that's out there doing it. And yeah. regardless the size or regardless the situation doesn't matter to me. I'll be the first one to tell you, be there and congratulate and drink a beer with you. Um, but like that self inflicted pressure, like I just put so much pressure on myself. And, and I'm sure you're probably a lot of the same. Um, so it's it's not only like those people feeding that fire, but it's almost like you wanting to conquer it to yourself first. Could that be right? And then being like, well, well, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Like that little bit of yeah. like, You know, it doesn't have to be verbal, but it's like here, you, you jealous pricks. You know, something like that. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. I, 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 I totally uh, get most that. Most of the pressure was most of the pressure was self inflicted. But a little bit of me wanted to be like, yeah, like, you know what, fuck you. (laughs) uh, Maybe you have done this for 20 years and, you know, uh, I don't care. I, you know, uh, I just want to be the best at everything I do. For sure. I'm not the best hunter out there, but I want to, I want to try to be the best. I want to improve every year, you know? So
3: that's just part of,
2: you know, probably my athletics background. Uh, does that to me but. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: wife reminds uh, me every day she's like you're just too competitive you, you well, why is it why is it matter and i'm like well it's it you it's something you can't turn off it, it's either you're competitive or you're not to me you cannot turn yeah. it off it's it's just what it, it yep. is what it is i can't explain yep. it so um yeah but anyway going into december of 2019 that's when you started putting the, the blueprint down for the deer that you ended up getting on this year so what what did that look like then going in you know out of 2019 into 20 like what was what was the deer I guess like you know in 19 did you know anything um, about him?
2: I, I didn't know anything about him at first so this was actually um, I actually was picking up the uh, <laughs> I was picking up my uh, my meat from the deer I shot last year from the from the processor and I get a phone call from a guy I work with and he says, man, I just drove by your place and I saw the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life Oh, geez. And I'm like, what? just after you what killed you a one
1: seventy some deer,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, so I'm thinking, well shit, maybe it's maybe it's goalpost or maybe it's uh this other deer that I was looking for, so but it was a, it was we have a big cattail swamp that uh when you drive by the road you can you can kind of look when the leaves are gone. you can kind of see back into the on the edge of the swamp, and he okay. goes he okay. he goes, man, he's right on the edge of that swamp, walking that tree line between the field and the swamp, so I go back and I start hanging cameras and my very first card pull, I get a, I get a, I get a picture of, a. he's a three and a half year old, 10 point. He's at the last year, he's probably in the mid thirties to low one forties range.
1: Great.
3: Buck. And,
2: uh, yes. Great Michigan, great buck. Yeah. So, um, so I started, I was, I was done for the year. Actually, I, I did go late season a couple of times. So I sat in the swamp trying to see if I can get, uh, I never ended up seeing him last year. Um, But my whole focus was was this buck, that buck for this year, and uh, I had, man, I tell you, I was, I had pictures of him uh, from when he, from through through all last winter when he dropped his shed. I never found a shed, but all through velvet and into the fall, okay, until until the day I killed him.
1: (laughs) So you never saw him again. You come into the summer of this year, two thousand twenty what what happened like i'm sure you have more shooters showing up and everything like was he yes, i mean I, he's got to be in your mind like you know what what was the what was the game plan going into 2020 season then
2: going into this year he 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 frequented that same side of the farm and that as I shot the 174 he he was on that same side of the farm as that deer was so he didn't really go he never really went I don't have any I never had any pictures of him on the uh on on the west side of the I'm sorry on the east side of the farm. Everything okay. was on the west side of the farm. So that's where I spent I that's where I had most of my cameras and my stand placements were all set up uh for this deer. And uh so um I just man I just was the biggest thing was I was trying to I knew he was kind of living back in the cattails in the in the swamp but there you couldn't really there wasn't any trees back there that I could really get a stand in that was, um, close to where I think he would be entering and exiting the, uh, where he was bedded down and, uh, and where he was coming out. Um, so I, I was just, there's a, there's a, there's a little area, um, in the field, between the field and, uh, there's a fence row that goes into another field leading into the swamp that is just wide enough for the farmer to get his equipment through. And so I had set a stand right on that corner, um, cause I, 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 just knew that's where he was going to be coming in and out. So, um, so that was, that was kind of the money stand. That's what I kind of had all my money on, hoping that's where I was going to kill him. Okay. So, yeah. So that, you had, you had pictures and everything
1: that. of him during the summer then, right?
2: Oh yeah. I've got pictures of him. Uh, most of the pictures, almost every picture I have of him is back in the swamp
1: though. Okay. I don't have any
2: pictures okay. of him outside of that. Outside of the Cattails.
1: Okay, now, wh- wh- how, how big did he get? Like, what were you thinking, I guess? like, how I, much did grow? I was
2: thinking oh, he didn't really – he was taller. He was a lot taller, and he wasn't much wider, but his, he had a lot of mass. His mass was he, – he was, he was real thick, real heavy. Okay. And uh, he, he was probably – so I would have guessed him maybe 135 last year. Yep. I would have this year I thought he was right around the one fifty range.
1: Okay. So he is still a ten point then? Never grew he's, any more. Yeah, times? he's
2: a, he's still a ten. He looks almost identical, just a little bit taller and thicker.
1: Okay. And you think he was three and a half last year, so he jumped to four and a half, you're thinking this year? Yep. Okay. Yep. So you know, going into the first part of October, are you are you gonna are you thinking push right in? And and no. you know, he's he's so it sounds to me like he's like in a in a concentrated area like his core area is not not huge but he's not going around to the other side of the farm so it's like you know are you are you you diving in
2: i did not dive in right i've never had a lot of luck really early in a season like that and where i knew he was at i knew he was back in the swamp um but i was scared of i would i didn't want to um go back there premature and and uh and, and jump him or you know something early I, I i with that buck there were some other shooters i would i would have i was after two this year but with him i kind of wanted to wait bide my, you know wait until the time was right um just because i didn't want to bump him off the property and have someone else shoot him that was my main thing i just wanted to wait for perfect conditions for him um just with him because i knew he was he he didn't really leave the farm all the other big deer they would you know there was days they come they I'd get a picture of him, and I wouldn't see them again for, like, 10 days. Yep. This deer, he did not go anywhere. Uh, he, he was pretty much a homebody. And uh, I knew I'd get a shot at him if I just waited for the until the time was right. So that's what I did. So, him,
1: so thinking he's a homebody, how big do you think his core area was then? Like, how many acres?
2: Oh, man. I, I mean, probably... maybe like 50 or 60 acres. Okay. I don't know if that's not, I don't know if that's right or not. I, I mean, I should I only time I ever saw him was I mean, right in that 50 or 60 acre area. Okay. Um and that's, you know, but
3: That's so, what I
2: think. I mean, he it, Yeah,
1: and, and that the, th- the thing with that is like if those, I mean, obviously he's going to probably wander a little bit off your property, especially if it's like on like the edge of your property, you know the property line, but it's like oh yeah. You know, if he if that's where you're getting all your pictures of him, especially if you have a pretty wide net cast with all the cameras, like yeah. It almost can make it in my opinion somewhat little bit difficult because it's like, well shit, if he's in this small of an area, like I don't want to blow him out. I don't want to bump him. Like it can make it difficult, but it could also make it a little easier. So, like, when was your time? When were you thinking it was going to be your time to pounce? Like, I got to get in now.
2: Uh, well, I was I was always thinking the, the the third the last week of October is what I wanted. That was what I was focused on for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, and it ended up being. I don't know how do you want me to get. I'll get into. Well, do you want me to jump right into the day I killed him?
1: Well, did you ever see him before then?
2: I no, the, no. I didn't. I never saw him before the day. I... No. I okay,
1: didn't. so you hunted. Probably, I'm going to guess those. You know, last eight to eight to five to eight days in October. Probably never saw him. Then, like, when did it all like come together? Like, what did that day look like?
2: Um. So. Um. Well let's jump back. Remember I told you I was riding around the four with my kids and I yep, saw that yep, big eight point. Yep. So I had set a stand. I had set a stand right in the, right in the corner of this field where I saw that big eight point. And the way the wind was blowing that morning, the morning I, this is now this is October 31st. Now, uh, it was kind of perfect to get, get in that. There's a little, there's a, there's a little Creek, like a little ditch that runs through that, um, the edge of the woods and along the edge of the field right there. And a lot of times those deer will run on either side of that, or a lot of times right through that. Cause they kind of, they can, they kind of are hidden in there. Okay. I've noticed. So I have a stand right on the, right on the corner of the field. And that, where that Creek kind of comes to a, like a point. And, uh, the way the wind was, it was just a perfect, it was just perfect. And it was, I was able to get in there quiet and everything. So I got in there, uh, and I could hear deer running through the beans, all while it was dark outside and everything. So the sun comes up and I'm looking through my bino. I'm looking out into this field and it, it's probably, I don't know, two or 300 yards out and I just see a giant rack. And I was like, oh my God, like what, you know, holy She's shit. He's in the field? And I'm looking, he's out in the field and I'm looking through trees and uh, I can't exactly, I didn't know exactly what deer it was, but I had a pretty good idea that it was him. Okay. so my, my kids and I, we, he, this deer lived in the swamp and, uh, my kid, my oldest son and I, he's, he's into Shrek. So we named this buck Shrek. So this is what, so we named, so I knew it was, I, I was almost positive this was Shrek. So, um, so I'm watching, I'm just watching him. He's kind of eating on some beans or whatever. And, uh, he kind of disappears over this hill. So I'm like, oh, you know, um. And he's walking right towards, uh, I had told you earlier, I had set up a stand where this little area where the equipment goes through. I, yep. He's kind of walking right towards that. The,
1: the money stand you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's,
2: he's walking right towards the money stand. But he's probably four or 500 yards away from there. So I was kind of contemplating, should I get down and get over there? You know. But I'm like, oh, it's early. I might have something else come. Maybe next time I'll go do it. Yep. Well, then probably five minutes later, I see another shooter buck probably in the one thirties chasing the doe right that same area. So then I'm like, Oh fuck fuck this. I'm getting down. <laughs> and there's a giant hill. There's a giant hill in the middle of this field. And so I had the, the, the smaller buck and the doe had not went over that hill yet. So at when I made this move, I actually was making this move to try to shoot the smaller buck. I thought Shrek was out of the picture at this point. So I get down and I run as fast as I can to that, and I'm. this is probably 400 yards away. I, and I think in my head, I'm like, if I can get to that stand before they crest this hill, because if they get over the hill, they're going to see me. Yep. So I'm like, I got to get there quick. So I'm, I'm not shitting you. I'm bust my ass <laughs> oh my to get there. I get up in my stand uh, and probably, I mean, I didn't even have my bow. I, I had just put my bow on my bow hanger and... I wasn't even sitting down yet, and I and here comes the doe. She come running right through, um, where the where the combines and tractors go, and then I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for this buck to come, and he's not coming. But then all of a sudden, right from underneath my stand, I just hear twigs breaking and limbs breaking, and there's Shrek standing directly underneath my stand.
1: Is he like, coming after that doe?
2: He, I think he saw the doe and the other. I think he was past me and i think what happened was he saw her coming and come and and he was and he he came after her then because i never saw the smaller buck i just heard him crash directly underneath my tree and uh and uh so i ended up shooting him i shot it was actually one of the hardest shots they ever had to make because i was i literally shot straight down on top of them
3: oh my uh, gosh
2: and like my, my bow was hitting uh my, I have a 35-inch axle, axle ball. My cams were hitting my knees. I was, like, cranking my bow. You know, it was the most awkward <laughs> shot. Oh you know, gosh. But I I was able to get the shot off. I put it right between his shoulders. It went right uh, right through him. Um, Well, at first I thought I missed because uh, he ran off, but I didn't see. It just zipped right through him, but I didn't see my arrow hit the ground yep. until he kind of got away a little bit, and I saw it hanging under his it was kind of hanging. It was dragging the ground uh, when he when he ran off. But I watched him die at, I don't know, 60, 70 yards away from where I shot him.
1: Oh, my gosh, man. You literally so, got out yeah. of your stand and ran over to another stand. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I figured
3: I yeah, I've no, heard I it all. I figured yeah, I heard no, it all. Yeah, no, that
2: was the craziest thing. I Normally, I wouldn't uh, – normally, I would never do something like that. I, I, can't, I still can't believe I had the balls to do that. I just, like – uh, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I'll sit. Maybe I'll sit. Normally, I'd be like, I'll sit that stand tonight or next time. I'll that I'll know to go to that stand or something. But yeah. when I saw two shooter bucks out there, both heading that way, I just was getting pissed because I actually wasn't seeing anything even in that woods that I was in. Right. So uh, I'm like, man, I screwed up. I sh-. so I decided to move. This was at maybe eight in the eight
1: thirty in the morning. Jeez. You know? But but the thing nope. is, like, I talk about it you know, with buddies all the time. And it's like, you see guys, whoever it is, certain guys like getting it done year after year, you know, and and you might know these guys. Like we know some guys that literally, I, I shouldn't say they don't, they, they give two shits, but like, they're really not big on scent control. They're really not big on, you know, X, Y, and Z things that like me, I'm like really meticulous about and really think about. And like, you know, my, like, I feel like in Michigan you're walking on eggshells every time in the in deer season. You know, you're like tiptoeing in and it's like and then you see these guys going out and they're like, "Ah, I'm going to go sit this stand night and, you know, probably really don't really, you know, look at the wind and then they shoot. Year after year they're shooting good bucks and it's like, "Well, shit. Like am I caring yeah. too much?" You know what I mean? And and yeah. and we talk about it a lot with like overthinking things like Hunters in general, they overthink things like, wow, I know that deer not going to show up there. Well, and then on trail cam, he shows up there and it's like, well, shit, I should have been in that stand. So it's like sometimes doing what you did is like you think it's going to blow the whole timber out, but really, I mean, it it presented you a freaking great shot at an awesome deer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody else yeah. would have thought about doing that. I'm not, I shouldn't say nobody else, but like you said, you're really hesitant about doing it. And why would I do that? You know, I, I, I it's crazy to me.
2: Yeah. Oh, I like to listen to, I don't know if whose pod, it might've been, I don't know whose podcast I listened to. Somebody had the, one of the, was Andre DeQuisto was on it. He was like, Hey man, you got to go where the action's at. You got
3: to, yep. you got to
2: yep. uh, pack up and move or something. And that was what was in my mind. I'm like, Hey man, like, this is it. This is, uh, this is what he's talking about. You know? Yeah.
1: That <laughs> so, was, yeah. that was wired to hunt. He, I listened to the same yeah. one. I, I love listening to Andre's stuff. He's actually supposed to be coming on here at some point if we can get linked up here. But he like that resonated with me too. He, you know, you know, Mark asked him a question, something like, you know, if it's, if it's that hot when you're in there scouting, like, when are you going to hunt it? He's like, I'm hunting right now. Like yeah. go right now. Yep. You, the best move is right now, get in there and go. So it's like that, it it rings true. You know, sometimes it does. So yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So how like oh. you shot that deer? How I say how big he is, and I say it every week. <laughs> like it's just a good, you know, representation so people can hear it to like visualize how big he is. So what was he?
2: He he ended up going. He was a he was a ten point real a lot of mass. He ended up going one forty eight and six eighths. Jeez.
1: Did you get him age?
2: Uh, same guy, same guy who uh, he I'm not not the uh, I never sent his jaw in or yep. whatever you guys, but four and a half years old is what we're all kind of thinking. Okay,
1: was. I mean
2: based off of his based off of his pictures last year and and what he looked like this year, we're all thinking he was four and a half years old.
1: Yep, what a stud, man! So yeah. I guess first of all, congratulations on three Thank wonderful you. years. <laughs> yeah oh um, yeah what I guess you know are any deer still running around that you know of and you don't have to get specific uh with it you know but do you know of any deer that are running around that you're excited about for next year or are you still hunting or, or what what's the deal
2: uh I actually closed my season out last night I shot ended up, I shot a doe last night okay um okay. but uh there there are some pretty good bucks running around I kind of decided not to shoot another buck this year because there wasn't anything bigger than what i have killed this year so i just i mean if i want to shoot a deer like that every year i need to let these ones go So, for sure uh, so i'm hoping i've got a couple nice ones that will be hopefully hopefully we'll make it through the winter and the rest of the muzzle or seat well i guess today is the last day yep well yesterday well for
1: for me yesterday was the last day so bow season starts back up today for me so
2: yeah okay so oh, yeah, hopefully they'll make it through this year and, and survive the winter, and, and then we'll see. But uh, um, from what I've seen the last three years, there's all there's there's been two to three really good ones every year that stick around, especially that prime time of the year.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, the the last week of October through the first two weeks of November, there's there's always a couple good ones running around okay. from what I've seen. Okay. So, yeah.
3: So,
1: well, good deal, man. Yeah. I mean this was sweet i really enjoyed talking to you i appreciate you coming on and doing this
2: yeah thanks for having me i'm a big fan i listen every week and, i appreciate uh, that man. awesome hopefully yeah.
1: hopefully my uh voice doesn't get old to you someday <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no well good deal man uh, i i really hope you know next year you kill something even bigger and we can do this again because i love having return guests on to talk year after year it's it's a lot of my listeners they'll they'll say you know we'd love to hear the return guests because they'd like to you know and it could be like a Cody DeQuisto or like a you know whoever a Dan Infold or something that they'd like to see what they're doing year after year cuz you know wouldn't you know it, a lot of people out there listening don't really have social media so they and they don't look at YouTube so they really don't <laughs> know what these people are doing year in and year out so they really like to you know uh Keep track of these people, so it's 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 really fun, and and uh, I, I appreciate you reaching out to me, and I I enjoyed this, man. This was
2: awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having
1: me on. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah. you know, if anybody wanted to, you know, watch what you're doing or what's happening in the fall, like, do you have social media and everything? Like, maybe plug your social media a little bit. Just to, do you do you update that and and stuff like that?
2: Um, I do. I do have an Instagram account. I don't post very many things i think i've only have like five or six posts my wife makes fun of me here's the only <laughs> thing i post a year and it's uh sure. like whatever deer i kill that year sure <laughs> so it's Work 87 uh that's my instagram thing but oh a good friend of mine uh a guy i work with we're actually thinking about starting our own podcast um we're just kind of getting things out it's going to be called straight shooters podcast um we have we're just kind of getting stuff around we haven't started anything yet but Good deal, uh, man. We're kind of showing yeah. with the idea of doing that.
1: So very cool, man. Well, cool. Like you know, if you guys if you need any help with anything or you know want to bounce ideas off anybody, just let me know. I've, I've uh, you know I'm I'm an open book, and uh, if you're ever around, we ever get out of this COVID thing, maybe we can drink a beer together. So
2: yeah, sounds good, man.
1: All right, well I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, John.
2: Hey, thanks, Aaron.
1: Did I lie to you? I don't think I lied to you. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. <laughs> it, it's 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 unbelievable what John has done in three years on this farm, and he's a new hunter. Like, he relatively new, I should say. He's only been hunting probably, oh, five, six, seven years maybe, and it's unbelievable what he's doing. Congratulations to him. I can't say it enough. He is, you know, taking the bull by the horns and really dove headfirst into hunting in basically it's something that he's never done in his whole life and never really sounds like he's never really had anybody teach him so kudos to him man that's all i got to say really other than you know thank you guys very much for all the support and all the downloads uh if you could go to itunes leave a five-star rating and a review would be greatly appreciated tell a friend if you like it or if you dislike it say hey this podcast is really shit but i think you should go check it out um just to see for yourself i'd really appreciate that as well so thank you guys and uh we'll be right here on the next episode of the fall podcast